0: Welcome to the Emotional Intelligence Podcast, hosted by Nadia Alfertassi, founder of Thrive with EQ. Join us as we explore the world of emotional intelligence and learn how to build stronger, more resilient workplaces through higher levels of emotional intelligence. With two decades of experience in the world's largest security organization, Nadia brings a unique perspective and invaluable insights to the table. Her mission is to help businesses break down silos, build bridges and create a culture of emotional intelligence that fosters well-being of employees, builds strong leadership and ultimately drives business success. By learning how to manage emotions, communicate effectively and foster a positive work environment, you can improve productivity, reduce turnover and build a team that's happy, healthy and motivated. So whether you're looking to enhance your own emotional intelligence or create a culture of emotional intelligence within your organization, you're in the right place. Get ready to thrive with EQ. Welcome to episode 13 of the EQ Elevator podcast. Today, we're going to be using the EQ Elevator approach to look at the specific challenge of imposter syndrome that women in cybersecurity face when seeking out a leadership position. So this episode is not for entry career position or someone who looks to enter into the cybersecurity industry. I'll do another episode to that or for that, English Nadia. But today is for women who are already cybersecurity professionals and who seek to have more leadership responsibility within this field. So with that said, there are several other challenges many women face in many other industries. Specifically to cyber, this is gender bias and stereotypes. I face this myself. I'm still facing this. But I learned to stay focused on my work, on my value proposition, turn down the noise, defend my boundaries, and really advance uh, on my mission. And I overcome came my imposter syndrome when starting out as an entrepreneur in this industry. I had already worked over 15 years in cybersecurity within NATO. There was a different set of challenges that came with that. But when you work for an organization, for an institution, you have that umbrella. So people tend to take you more seriously because you're part of an organization. I had to overcome these obstacles But my breakthrough actually happened once I got over my imposter syndrome. Once I managed to master it and to focus on the mission, the value, and what I had to offer without giving up. Now, I want to share the emotional intelligence methodology, tools behind it, practical tools, but also share my own experience to inspire women who are in a perceived technical position who are a cyber professional and who wish to step into a leadership position within the cybersecurity industry. We need it. So with that said, let's begin. What is imposter syndrome? First, let's define it. Imposter syndrome is when you feel like a fraud. Let me share an anecdote of myself. When I, years ago, when I received a promotion I went from a strategic partnership officer to a senior stakeholder engagement coordinator. And I went from working in a department for a director to directly for the general manager. So it was a huge leap in in position. And although I had been doing the similar kind of work, the prestige, the the working for the general manager, the responsibility, engaging with... The political, military, civil, uh, private industry communities, it came with a lot of pressure and it was an intimidating job. So once I got that position, I struggled with imposter syndrome. And I always felt when I accompanied the general manager or the chief of staff for their engagement with ambassadors or military generals, I felt out of place. I felt like I shouldn't supposed to be here. And what am I doing? And I was the only one thinking that, by the way, because, and I will dive deeper into reality testing and how it can uh, hamper us for advancing in our career. So I worked through that. And then once I owned myself, actually my performance skyrocketed even higher. So in my view and in my manager's view, I was already doing a good job for someone who just started in that new position. But once I owned myself and I overcame imposter syndrome with that specific position, things got even better. So that's why it's important to talk about these issues and to understand that it's not only you. Many women and men face imposter syndrome. I think No, I don't think everyone faces imposter syndrome because we also have people in our lives who could benefit from a slight doses of imposter syndrome and they suffer from confidence bias, or I don't remember specifically the word, but when you're too confident in yourself and not enough, and you don't have enough self-awareness, which can also have detrimental consequences. So. That is, in a nutshell, imposter syndrome. Let's look at a specific case from Sarah, who wrote to me. Uh, Sarah is a fictitious name because I keep every challenge anonymous. And Sarah is a cybersecurity professional in a large IT company. She has been working as part of a team. Occasionally, she acts as a backup for her manager. But there is a leadership position that has opened up and she wants to apply and she's being encouraged to apply through the mentors and uh, several of her colleagues. But she feels that she won't live up to the position's requirement, like many of us do. We check the requirements and if we don't meet two, then we don't apply. Whether, yeah, and here I am generalizing. But most men, if they don't meet two and they don't meet the rest, they apply. (laughs) So uh, here's where imposter syndrome starts already. So we're going to discuss specifically the case of Sarah and if you can relate. The first thing I will do before using the EQ elevator approach, I'm just going to name four EQ tools that play a significant role in navigating imposter syndrome and helping you overcome imposter syndrome, if you can relate with Sarah. First is self-regard, how you view yourself in light of both your positive and less positive qualities and still have confidence and trust in your abilities. Now, this is so important because uh, self-doubt, self-image comes from low levels of self-regard If you feel like a fraud, so first you need to fix how you view yourself and work on your inner confidence. Why is this so important? If I bring it back to myself, my example, not because I think I'm God's gift to the universe, but it's just easier to, uh, to relate. When I was in the position of senior stakeholder engagement, people could sense my insecurity. I was reacting and behaving based on what I thought other people thought of me, because I was thinking that I was a fraud, I by default assumed that other people will discover it as well and must think the same way as I think. And that doesn't necessarily show you as a stable, grounded, strong leader. And by strong, strong in your body, strong in your mind and confident in your abilities. So that is the first thing you need to check and work on. Remember in the past, what are some of the challenges you've overcome you didn't think you could uh, overcome? And how did it feel? How did you develop confidence? Everything is unfamiliar to the mind, feels like danger, a threat, hence causes anxiety, stress, doubt, hence can also amplify the sense of imposter syndrome. So that's the first one, self-regard. Second is empathy. People who have too high levels of empathy tend to be codependent emotionally. What do I mean by that? If you have if you're codependent emotionally, you will fall in the trap of the disease to please. You will do things so people will like you, you will do things so you can fit in, and you will do things so you can be accepted. And a lot of people, especially women, make the mistake to work really hard, to be nice about it, and then expect a promotion. And are surprised when their male counterparts get the promotion and perhaps their male counterpart do only half of the work. It's not necessarily about hard work, but about smart work and about your ability to help your organization achieve their vision, their strategy, and the strength that you exude from within. This is really important, now, and it depends, again, of culture, of leadership, because uh, some leadership may make it more difficult for women to get a leadership position than in other companies. So I am, again, giving you a general foundation, and you have to understand the culture of your organization. You have to understand your leadership. But the basic principle, working harder is not necessarily going to get you a leadership position. Being nice is not going to get you a leadership position. There's a difference between being nice and being kind. I am a big believer if you can be anything in the world, be kind. Kindness comes from a place of character strength. You are kind because of you. You can give bad news with kindness. You can make difficult decisions, even fire people with kindness. You can prioritize ruthlessly in order to meet your objectives with kindness. This is where we have to check our beliefs and self-regard. What do we believe is opposite? Do you believe giving negative feedback to someone and doing it in a kind way is mutually exclusive? When you look in the self-regard aspect, think about the beliefs you have and how you find them to be opposing because this is what creates uh, negative emotions and can keep you stuck. The third EQ tool, which is crucial, reality testing. Reality testing is what we actually believe in our mind, the stories we tell ourselves and what is happening. What are the facts? If you have low levels of reality testing, you may make up an entire storyline, that does not match reality for example let's say you've submitted a detailed technical report you even gave some business risk recommendation highlights the impact statement etc and you don't hear anything back from your manager for a week now in your mind the work the report's not good enough you probably made typos if you're like me you didn't went into much depth. You, you doubt yourself constantly on what they, how they will perceive you right now because of their non-answer. When in reality, they may have not you know, seen the email, or maybe they have seen the email, but they have 500 other emails that come in every day, whatever it is. So instead of following up, hey, Mr. or Mrs. X, did you have time or check my report? Then you come from a place of confidence. You're not necessarily doubting yourself. So reality testing is crucial. And the final one is optimism. Optimism is different than positivity because positivity can become toxic if you don't acknowledge your shortcomings. Obviously, if you've been a cybersecurity professional for many years and now you want to step in a leadership position, there's going to be skills gap. So it's only normal that the challenge seems much bigger because you lack the skills. But once you learn and master the skills and gain the knowledge you need, you will reduce that gap. And if you look at it from this perspective, from a growth mind perspective, optimistic perspective, it will be easier because you will have more neutral to positive emotions in reducing and closing that skills gap. Versus if you're going to doubt yourself, you have low levels of self-regard. You're thinking you're not good enough. There are too many people applying. Why should they take you? All this negative self talk that doesn't serve us, that is negative. That is pessimism. And that can actually make the journey much harder than necessary so these four tools are important to use and to look at self-regard empathy reality testing and optimism i do have a women with ambition in stem virtual masterclass, which is free it's a on-demand three-day webinar where i share exactly how you can step into a leadership position I also share a workbook, so I will leave that link down below. And the next edition starts this Saturday. If you miss it, you'll always get a link for the replay. Now, having said that, let's apply the EQ elevator approach. So when you go in the EQ elevator, the first floor is your perception of the situation. So see yourself in a leadership position already. One of the biggest mistakes many people, women and men, make when they apply for a new position or when they seek out a new position, they do it with the current mindset instead of the future mindset. They start with the past instead of with the future in mind. Obviously, the new job position will require different skills or different levels of experience that you may not have yet. So it's going to be harder to look at it from where you are now. As human beings, we are always evolving based on the experiences and the lessons we learn. How can you view yourself within the position already, six months or one year from now? See yourself in the position already working. And then you can better identify the gaps, what your invisible or root cause fears are, and address those accordingly. The second floor is important because if you have, you know, low levels of self-regard or if you suffer from imposter syndrome, it's not necessarily that you fear that you will fail, it's the emotional embarrassment. What will people say? What will people think? How will I be perceived? Which is a normal human reaction. We all feel emotional embarrassment. I also feel it. I just learned to get over myself much faster and remember that this is maybe a bit dramatic, but one day I'm going to die and I want to die having filled even my craziest dreams, at least trying. I probably won't achieve all of them, but at least I tried and I won't remember the people who I feared. And probably, I I say it in a humoristic way, but it's very true. When you remember that the world revolves around the sun and not you, It is liberating because in general, people wake up in the morning. You're not the first person on their mind unless they are a psychopath or a narcissist, which I hope you will never experience. I have experienced it, but I have overcome that as well, that challenge. When you remember this, people are more concerned with their own life, their own issues, their own goals, objectives, then you can give yourself permission to not put so much pressure on you on what other people may think no one is perfect even the most brilliant CEOs in the world they have failed many times they still make embarrassing mistakes often we don't see it because on social media it's one extreme or the other or we show only success stories or we say, show like big epic failures which also puts us down so understand this that the world revolves around the sun that around you don't put too much in don't this is a better way of saying it because we all care what people think i used to say i don't care what people think which actually was not 100 percent true i did care what people think otherwise i wouldn't be you know where i am today however i don't let people's opinion define who i am so don't let people's opinions define who you are You can care about what other people think, but don't let it define you. The third floor is a brilliant way of looking at it from a non-judgmental way, from a curiosity place. Place of curiosity, English. Take a observer's perspective so you can even see yourself on the screen, for example, and notice your own behavioural pattern. Often what we, what we perhaps forget to reflect on is our body uh, language. When you notice, if you meet very confident people, quiet confidence, they don't brag about how brilliant they are. They don't feel humbled by the support that they get. They don't talk a lot. Some of the most insecure people, if you notice, they talk a lot. They speak and speak, But when you truly listen to what they're saying, it's not much. And this doesn't come from, I I know I can sound harsh sometimes, but it's my Dutch way. It's not from a judgmental place. Because I used to be in this place as well. I used to talk more than I listened because I felt insecure, because I suffered from imposter syndrome. Now, I I did have high levels of emotional self-awareness. And for me, it was more related to, my past traumas that I faced going from secretary to senior executive. But you notice people's behavior and notice a person. Vibes don't lie. When they are rooted in their body, in their energy, and even not speaking in silence, notice how powerful they come across. They only speak when they need to speak. Be brutally honest with yourself and don't judge yourself, but look at yourself at your body language. Look at, do you speak more than necessary? And if yes, where does it come from? Are you trying to convince someone to like you or are you trying to convince to be taken seriously? And you will feel quite discomfort and you will perhaps feel some emotions of shame or regret. Catch yourself and say, It's okay. Thank you for for sharing or thank you for letting me know. Don't let your brain trick you. But once you uncover your body language, you can shift and you can practice staying much more present in your own body frame, in your own self image. So you can interact with others from a place of confidence, from a place of groundedness, from a place of pure Power energy. That is true power. Power is not the tone of voice banging our hand on the table. It is really when you say less with your body language that exudes power. And often it's quiet confidence. If you're truly confident in yourself, you don't need to tell people that you're confident. Then you can go on the fourth floor. Fourth floor looks at the systemic environment the culture i will say this if you work in an organization that is very hierarchical that has high levels of power distance an amazing book i recommend you to read is cultural map by uh, erin meyer where she has these eight different skills and one of them is power distance organizations who have high power distance They have a hierarchical structure, so there is an expectation on you can surpass your boss in order to go to their boss and then to their boss, so there is a a hierarchical structure to be respected. Organizations with low power distance, more flat, so it's no problem to go directly to the CEO. It's much more informal. Now, again, it also depends on the country. And if you look at it from this perspective, instead of saying, oh, we have a toxic workplace, you can better understand how to influence, how to gain support, and how to network within your organization. If you are working in a toxic culture where the leadership is toxic from the top down, it's going to be very difficult to apply anything what I'm saying, because people who are in power and people who misuse their power, this happened to me. I was working with a woman, in this case, a woman leader, who misabused her power and luckily I'm an entrepreneur. So I walked away. I I made it, even though it was a very difficult and painful decision, I walked away because I made a promise to myself and my mental health and inner peace are the most important thing because I am the value proposition to my clients and my community. And if I'm not healthy mentally, emotionally, and physically, then Thrive with EQ is not going to thrive. With EQ, <laughs> but I understand that when you are at a, in an organization, it's very difficult to think like this because you loved your job perhaps, but these are uh, sensitive topics to discuss, but necessary. And here's where imposter syndrome comes in place. If you are working in a very toxic culture and it's affecting your mental health, don't pay the price, make a plan exit strategy. There are other companies, there are other cultures that will value you for who you are, that will value your skill set, and that will help you step into a leader position where you feel much more fulfilled. You cannot get better in the same environment that made you sick. Now, you can also enter the fifth floor, which is more the macro environment. When we look, there are a plethora of programs that support women in cyber, that if you don't know Women for Cyber Foundation, there are many chapters as well already, they're doing brilliant work. So there are many initiatives, mentors, it's getting a lot of publicity as well to support you in this. There are a lot of free classes, there are uh, support groups. So you're not alone in this. And the environment is really conducive for helping you step into your leadership position and overcoming your imposter syndrome. I hope this has been useful. I enjoyed this episode quite a lot, actually, because I've been through this myself, and I see it as my mission to help other women, that you can be ambitious, you can be in a leadership position, you can be trailblazing women in cyber without sacrificing your mental peace. Thank you for listening and I look forward to next week's episode. Thank you for tuning into the EQ Emotional Intelligence Elevator podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights into the world of emotional intelligence. To learn more about Thrive with EQ and Nadia's mission to build stronger, more resilient workplaces through higher levels of emotional intelligence, visit our website at thrivewitheq.com. You'll find a plethora of EQ leadership resources, tools, and services to help you and your organization thrive. Thank you again for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends and colleagues. As always, keep thriving with EQ.